0: Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the second episode, I know, already, of AINC's Volunteer Spotlight, brought to you, of course, by the Audio Information Network of Colorado. I'm your host, Evan Starnes. I'm the audio production technician. Before we start the interview, there are a couple of business things I would like to get out of the way here. On February 25th, from 1 to 3 p.m., We will be hosting a winter volunteer event for all active volunteers. We'll be having hot chocolate and coffee, and you'll be able to come in and check out our brand new studios if you haven't already. They're pretty exciting. Our new volunteer lounge, which, trust me, is a lot more cozy looking than the other one. We have like a sofa in there. And be able to drink some hot chocolate and uh, meet some of our new staff. Our team has grown quite substantially. I'm kind of impressed. And... Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Furthermore, our very own Jonathan Price, he is the podcast producer, for those who don't know, is now hosting office hours from 9 to 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. So if you might be having some audio issues or, you know, if you change some setting in Audacity and you just can't figure out what is going on, you can join him and if you want to actually join the office hours, they will be in the notices on our volunteer portal. And furthermore, if you want to RSVP for the hot chocolate event, you should. All volunteers should have been getting a volunteer newsletter on February first at like nine in the morning. If you didn't, you can email Lauren L A U R E N at A I N Colorado dot org. That aside, today we have a very exciting guest. Um, If you've listened to our podcast, Aftersight, he might sound pretty familiar to you, as Penn has interviewed him. This is Nick Eisenberg, and he is the host and creator of the program, The Tactile Traveler. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, good. Okay. All right. I'd like to start off this interview with some fun little questions, not serious ones, just to kinda spice up the show here. Okay, I'll be spicy. Okay. So Nick, what is your favorite hot drink?
1: Do you like coffee, tea? Uh my favorite hot drink is Russian coffee. Russian coffee? Yes, it's a recipe I stole from Bosque's ski area in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, when I was in high school many, many, many years ago, so it'd be in the fifties. Wow. And um, but then I ran an espresso coffee house at DU when I was a student there, and it was a big hit. Okay, so you take You make good mocha. So you use good chocolate and coffee, and you mix it together, and so it's good mocha. You pour it over a scoop of vanilla ice cream. You do this in a tall glass. The ice cream will float to the surface. Then you put whipped cream on it and a little bit of nutmeg. You can't use too much nutmeg because you'll inhale it when you pick up the glass.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: And it's good.
0: Well, that's awesome. I've never heard of Russian coffee before, so that's kind of cool. Um, next question. Who in your life is the most influential person who motivates you to do what you do?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't mean to sound like an egomaniac, maybe me? No, that's fine. You don't sound like an egomaniac. I mean, you oh. do a lot,
0: so Yeah. That totally counts. Um, I'm
1: very self-motivated, I think. I
0: would say so. Well, great. Um, and the last fun question. What is one word that you can use to describe yourself? Um, creative. Creative. I would say so. All right. Now comes the meat and potatoes of this interview. So you've been running the show, The Tactile Traveler, for quite a few years now, I imagine.
1: About three and a half. Okay.
0: So I'd like yeah. you to tell me everything. How did that show, like, become a show? How did the Tactile Traveler come to be?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I was a student at the Colorado Center for the Blind in 2017 and 18. You're there for 40 weeks, and um, we had a class called philosophy every day. Where you talked about being blind, things like after Christmas when you got back, they'd say, Wow, how did your family feel about your create your new skills like using hot stoves and cutting with sharp knives and stuff like this? And they talk about how, you know, your family tried to force you back not being independent. Okay, but one thing that kept coming up over and over and over again, is people say, well, after I went blind, I didn't leave my apartment for 10 years or 20 years um, unless I was with somebody I really, really, really trusted. And after a while, this began to sink in. And I realized I had the skills to help people become more independent and able to travel on their own. Just my broadcasting skills. I've been a reporter, well, now for almost, it'll be 54 years this week, this year. So um, I, I originally thought about doing a program. Anyway, then I graduate from the center line, and I'm trying to figure out what I can do as a reporter. Um, because. I've been a TV and radio reporter forever and when you're a reporter what you essentially do is you talk about what you're looking at or what you're seeing even if it's a story like a county commission meeting where you'd say you know there was standing room only we have to be able to know that to be able to talk about it and so I can't do the kind of stuff I usually did. And then I thought, well, maybe I could do a travel show. I've been tra—I've done travel stories and I'm very fortunate. I've been to all seven continents. I've even been to uh, Antarctica twice. Wow. Yeah. And so um, I thought well, I could do a travel show, but that's the same problem. I'd have to talk about what I see and and you know that's not gonna work because I am now totally blind and I've had both eyes removed. So um then I thought, oh, I could do a travel show for blind people. And oh, it would be the tactile traveler and in five minutes I had the format figured out. Wow. Well, well I you know I have those particular skills. And um, so I figured it out, but then I had to figure out what to do with it. And I was talking to a friend from the Center for the Blind, he'd graduated a long time before I did, called Cesar Chavez. Cesar said, um, well, you could try the Audio Information Network, and I had never heard of it before. So I called and ultimately got Kat Brodberg, who was volunteer coordinator, and Kat passed away last year. And she said it would be wonderful to have a show empowering the blind to explore the world. And so that ultimately became empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. But Kat said she had no production facilities that I could use. So I'm trying to find a production room. And so I called the couple around, and I got KDNK, Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado. Carbondale's 12 miles from my home here in Glenwood Springs. So, uh, Raleigh Burley was program director at the time, and he answered the phone. And I said, Well, I have this idea for this radio program called The Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping. And before I could even finish the sentence, he said, We'll run it. That is awesome. Yeah. So, um, but I still. Well, they have a, a, a facility, a production room there. But it ended up that I produce it at home on my home computer. So I didn't need a production room after all. So then I was doing it for KDNK, and we decided the first show, it would become a podcast also. And um, it was named... The best community service radio, small and medium market radio program in Colorado. And it was the first show was named the best small market podcast for Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, and New Mexico. Wow. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And now it is not just me that are volunteer of the month for February. It's me and Kaylee Romero. Kaylee does my post-production. When you're blind, um, you can't tell how loud... Okay, editing audio, for people that aren't familiar with this, editing audio is like doing word processing with waveforms. And if you can see the waveforms on your, video, on your computer monitor, they do things like you, you do with um, word processing. If you want to get a sound or a paragraph and you want to make it louder, you highlight it, you make it louder, make it lower, you copy. Exactly. Or you delete it or move it or something. Well, I can't see any of this stuff. So I can't see waveforms for people that have been blind all their life or have never seen waves. Um, well, you know what waves are like? This would be looking at them sideways so you'd see where they go up and down and stuff. And when they're the same amount of up they're, or the same amount of down, That's your audio levels are balanced. Well, I can't balance. I can't see waveforms. I can't see meters. There are meters and stuff that help you do this, but I can't see them. So the biggest problem I've had been balancing my audio. And Kaylee Romero does my post-production. So after I put the show together, she goes over it and she balances all the audio and she takes out the clicks and crud I've missed. Uh, sometimes like, uh, I don't know if you've just heard that little click, Sometimes I touch my a lot of people do, I touch my my tongue to the roof of my mouth and puts a little click on. And so it would be a very small thing that would show up on a waveform, but she can see it. So she cleans up all that stuff. She's been absolutely wonderful. So anything I do, it's I have to share it with Kaylee because she's been such a big help. So anyway, that's how the Tell Traveler started.
0: Yeah, and you met Kaylee on Be My Eyes. We were talking a while back. But yeah, didn't you meet? Yeah, you met her. She was a Be My Eyes volunteer. And for those who don't know, Be My Eyes is like a, a FaceTime service where you can call volunteers and they'll use your phone camera to tell you what you're seeing, basically. So if you need to read like labels or instructions on a package. You just open the app and click Call a Volunteer, and you get one in about 30 seconds. But she was a volu- uh, Be My Eyes volunteer, right?
1: Yeah, she was a Be My Eyes volunteer. And what was going on at the time, I had to make the program. Well, now it's 27 minutes and 30 seconds for KDNK. It has to be exact second. And you guys had to have it be 25 minutes to the second. So here I am trying to reduce the show and get it down to 25 minutes. And I couldn't get exactly 25 minutes because I can't use a mouse. And so I couldn't highlight things and delete them. So I could get it to 24 minutes and nine-tenths of a second or 25 minutes and two-tenths of a second, and I couldn't do it. So I called through my eyes, and Kaylee answered the phone. She's in Honolulu, Hawaii. And she's trying to give me directions with using my mouse. So she I'm the mouse, and she's saying, well, move the cursor a smidge to the left. So of course I asked her, is that a metric smidge? <laughs> <laughs> or is it fractions? <laughs> so anyway... We played with this for an hour and a half, and I couldn't do it. And she said, "Well, you know, I've got the software. Why don't you send me the show?" So I emailed her the show, and she fixed it in three seconds.
0: And now she became your official producer. Or your oh, she's she's my
1: post, yeah, she does post production, and she has helped produce one show, or one story, the one on blind surfing. Um, she works in a surf shop in in Hawaii, and she tracked down some black the well the world's champ blind Surf, and um so she helped with that, and so she's just very very helpful. She also uploads the show to every yeah
0: and- that's amazing because it's on it's on all major streaming platforms and. We will put a link to the Tactile Traveler for those who are curious to listen. And I seriously, seriously would encourage you guys to check it out. Blind or sighted, it's a good show. Um, But we will put a link to the Tactile Traveler in the show notes.
1: I'm real excited about my next show. Um, The show it's on now, and well, they're out there forever on the internet. But um, as a podcast, and also if you if you just Google the Tactile Traveler, you might get KDNK, and it's on their system forever, too, and you can see all the backstories. Right now, the lead story, and it's most of the show, it's a 20-minute story, is on making reservations on the reservation, and that there are... 2,000, probably more, Native American, Indian, Native Alaskan, and Hawaiian hotels, resorts, campgrounds, everything that you can visit. And it's a real tactile experience because if we can't see things, the most important thing for us is who we meet. And this way you get to be... Native Americans that you probably wouldn't have met otherwise, and you can try Native American food and all kinds. Of things. And you can even stay in a teepee. Oh, there, there are several resorts that have teepees, and they're listed under bed and breakfast.
0: That's cool. I've never seen. So, I've never even seen a teepee.
1: Right. Okay. So um, that's the show while we're on now, but the next show is on uh, February 7th. And so that show I'm really excited about. A lot of us, when we go to a place like the Colorado Center for the Blind, we learn how to cook while blind. And you learn how to do things like always put your cutting knife under the cutting board every time you put it down, so you don't chop a finger off, or measure seasoning before you put seasoning, and do put it in the palm of your hand. But no one has even ever thought about that's cooking. wobble. Well no one has ever thought about cooking for blind people, and I go into details on this on. This. Show, but a huge part of how food tastes is how it looks, and we can't see it. So the show is about what we might be able to do to make up for what we can't see to make food taste better. And this is—it's a travel show because you go, go to restaurants and stuff, have company over at your house and things like that. So. And not to mention that we all cook because we need to eat. Definitely. So I'm real excited about the show.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah, when it comes out, that's going to get a listen for me for sure. Oh, good. Okay. There is one last question regarding the tactile travel- traveler I'd like to ask. Um, there's a section, for those who haven't heard it, at the end where you hear a snippet of your talking scale. Yes. Can you elaborate on that? Because that is really unique.
1: Well, it's my old talking scale, as a matter of fact, crapped out eventually, and my new one doesn't sound nearly as neat. Um, if you're blind, and that's why I, I use it for couples, um, I have my talking scale, and so you hear it say, Please stand on the scale. One moment, please. Stand on the scale. Your weight is, and I think on that one, 156.5 pounds. And, and then I say, why? It's my talking scale reminding us that we'd like you to weigh in on how we're doing. Please send us an email to the tactile traveler at gmail.com. And we spell traveler the American way with one L. So, the Talking Scale does a couple of things. It breaks up the end of the show to where we go to the credit. And it gives audiences that aren't familiar with how blind people do things. They learn that we use things like Talking Scale. And then I can be corny and say, we'd like you to weigh in on how we're doing. That is so
0: amazing. I love that idea. That is like, was that was that like... Did you come up with that in your first episode, or when did you come up with that? Wow.
1: I came up with the first one, yeah. Wow. That is cool. Well, thank you. That was my talking scale I had at the time. Um, And the show, okay, but that scale died, and the new scale isn't nearly as interesting. Right. So I'm still using the old one. So, well, I really, really appreciate that. It's, it's good to know what people get excited about um the show now on the next show will be number 38 um and we do a show once a month but it doesn't mean we've been on for 38 months exactly and the reason is when the show started it was on it's on KDNK and they didn't give me a regular slot whenever they had an opening in their community service programs they'd put me in so i might have shows two or two months apart or three months apart or something at the beginning and then when a, a slot became a regular slot became available which is 4:30 on the first tuesday of the month then it became a regular month
0: oh okay Well, thank you so much, Nick, for telling us all of this. Um, The whole the whole story on the tactile traveler is really quite incredible, if you ask me. And I'm sure plenty of our listeners will agree with that. Well, thank you. Now is the time for you to ask me any questions about me or about AINC.
1: Well, okay, I'm not trying to stump you here. Um, Okay, you're good. Do you know how many listeners? How many people you work with? Is audience wise? Over a thousand. We actually have thousands,
0: literally, I'm not kidding, thousands of blind, visually impaired, and people with barriers to print all around the state.
1: Okay, and now it's on 48, there are 48 audio information networks. Do the two states that don't have their own shit use somebody else's? Um,
0: They can, but sometimes, and we've unfortunately seen this a lot with a lot of the radio reading orgs, they just kind of close down, and all of a sudden you don't have a radio reading service in your state. Um, I forget which one recently closed down, but like a couple weeks ago, um, it was just a little radio station. I don't know if it was in like Rhode Island or, I don't know, or Delaware or somewhere. So, I forget where it was now, but they had to close their doors. So, yeah, if like more than half of the nation is covered by radio reading services, but when, yeah, one closes its doors, that's kind of the end. And you don't really have audio information in that state unless you were to open up another radio reading service and get volunteers.
1: Yeah. And I understand that my show is made available. All the audio information networks in the world. That's true. And so it, it's that's when we say it's on the audio information network of Florida and in additional states. Yeah. Um, so well, I you know I really appreciate what you guys do for me and how much you've been helping. Well, vice versa,
0: we appreciate your you producing the show every month and giving us good content.
1: Oh, I know what I was going to say that just might be interesting to the listeners. Okay. I um, can't read Braille. Okay. And my hands are a mess. And uh, I think that's why I can feel individual letters. They can't feel words. So the way we have to produce the show, I have a volunteer. Normally, it's my friend Leslie Steffens. Um, Leslie reads me the script a part of a sentence at a time, and then I repeat it with enthusiasm. So he'll say, for example, from KDNK Community Access Radio. And I'll say, from KDNK Community Access Radio. And that's how we have to put the show together. Part of a sentence at a time. Gotcha. And then I edit All the gaps out and the repeats and the swearing of myself and all the other things. And um, for our, I have other volunteers that help. Everybody who's on the air is fine. Lydia Eckert has done some stories and Joanna Belmont does some stories and occasionally we have other. And I have, they do their scripts the same way. I read them part of and then edit it all together. Um, We've had, well, we had a kid in Philadelphia who was in high school at the time um, who can read Braille. He's in college. So that's how we put it together. I thought that would be interesting. That is interesting, actually. It's really unique. (laughs) Really time-consuming. I can imagine.
0: Well, do you have any other questions for me? Um, I guess not. Okay. Um, Nick, I'd really like to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day and coming on to the Volunteer Spotlight and letting me interview you. I, again, congratulations on becoming the Volunteer of the Month for February. I hope you're excited. I'm excited.
1: Oh, yeah, I am. And um, Kaylee's excited too. That's so great. It's me and Kaylee. It's not just me.
0: Okay. And like I said to all listeners, check out the Tactile Traveler. There'll be a link in the description of the show. It is a good show. You will enjoy it. Trust me. And just remember, like I said, we have our hot chocolate event February 25th from 1 to 3 p.m. and office hours with Jonathan Price from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Wednesday. And there is one more thing I would like to um, just insert really quick before we jump off here. Our studios, um, as I said last month, are open. So if you want to come and record in our studios, if you'd like to have some good coffee and hang out with some staff and record your show here, email Lauren. Again, it is L-A-U-R-E-N at AINColorado.org, to get set up with the studios. And, you know, there'll be a little bit of an onboarding process, and we'll show you how to book a studio, but it'll be really exciting, and it should be a very enjoyable experience for all volunteers that are interested. Anyway, Nick, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I wish you good luck with the Tactile Traveler, and I'm very much looking forward to this next upcoming episode.
1: Oh, I've enjoyed being on it. Thank you.
0: Anytime. And to all listeners and volunteers, especially volunteers, there's something very important. You, you guys are important. You guys are the voices of AINC. Without you, the volunteers, we wouldn't be AINC. We wouldn't really be who we are now. So thank you to everybody for putting in hundreds of hours a year of work and dedication. You guys are amazing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to the second episode of the Volunteer Spotlight. I've been your host and audio production technician Evan Starnes, and we'll catch you in the next episode.